one team, one dream. Right. Uh, that one happening under this roof. Right at the <laughs> <laughs> it was two teams, two different dreams, and or two different nightmares, I should say. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Two more weeks till Halloween. Mm-hmm. Got any plans? No. <laughs> so is Halloween going to be a stressful time? It's going to be for somebody. You know it is. Well, I don't know that so many people are trick-or-treating this year, but it could still cause problems with... I want to take little Johnny to the trunk or treat at the church, but it's your time. And so you need to let me have him Mm -hmm. because I want to take him with his step siblings. And then the dad's like, I really don't care. But then the stepmom's going, oh, no, you're not giving her little Johnny for Halloween because we have not had him for Halloween yet. I want to dress him up. (laughs) You think that's how that's going to go? I don't really see a whole lot of men care about Halloween and trick-or-treating with their kid. No. I'm not saying there's nobody. No, there's definitely people out there. Right. But a lot of times the inflexibility of the bio-parent can come from the step-parent. Or here's another one I think we'll hear some people say. um, All that candy is not healthy for those step-kids of mine. So (laughs) I'm going to lock it away. Yes, we're talking to you, Noel. <gasps> no, you didn't call her out. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I know people that take their kids' candy, though, and they're not doing it because they don't want the kids to eat it. They're doing it because they want it. <laughs> there was some kind of challenge one year. Um, I don't know if it was like, what's that guy that's on late at night on TV? Um, David Letterman? No, no, no. Um, um, starts with a K. Or his last name starts with a K. Anyway. <laughs> Tell we don't stay up late. Um, Kimmel. Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> there you go. You can tell we don't stay up watch TV late. He um, did this one thing where it was, you know, turn your kids' Fortnite game off in the middle of their game to get their reaction. Mm-hmm. My Lord, these kids were cussing up a storm. It was bad. It was funny in some ways, but it was bad in other ways. And I think he did the challenge, or it may have been a Facebook challenge, where it was... Tell your kid you ate all their Halloween candy. <laughs> Some of these kids were so sweet. And the other ones, ooh, Lord. Oh, I bet. Ima- mm. Imagine, though, if it was a step-parent telling them that, <gasps> that they ate the candy <laughs> instead of the parent. Man. That's what we should do. We should do a challenge. Like, <laughs> video telling your stepkids you ate their candy. <laughs> Okay, I'm all for this challenge, but yeah, but there's gonna be if you're gonna do it, make sure your significant other, the bio parent, is definitely in on is in on it because (laughs) I hate to say this, but it could lead to divorce. It's your good. You don't understand how you eating the stepkids' candy could really lead to a divorce. So the thing about it, though, is honestly, if you do decide to do that, and I suggest you don't. But if you do decide to do that. I don't want them to. I know, but you've got to be completely okay with the consequences of what you get. Right. But like I said, if the bio parent's in on it, it's different. No, but here's what I'm saying. 
if if stepmom says I ate your candy, and then the stepkid goes ballistic on her, yeah, then you can't hold that against the stepkid. You started it. <laughs> you started it, stepmom. So you have to. I mean, otherwise you turn it into World War Three. So you have to understand that this could really go south, and you have to be willing to just walk away and go. That was funny. <laughs> what would be good? And I know this is impossible. Well, nothing's impossible, but it would be good if you could do it and say, like, the bio parent eats the candy and watch the child's reaction Mm -hmm. and then have the step parent do it and watch the child's reaction. See how different they are? Yeah. But I don't see how you could do that. Yeah. No. (laughs) Huh. That would be good. Unless you did it kind of at the same time, like, oh, I ate your candy. And then you you shine in and go, oh, I got some, too. Yeah. Because then you'll see them go from... Mad to just angry. Yeah, it'd be, that's okay, Daddy, if you ate my candy. I hate her. (laughs) I know she's the one that told him to do it. Yeah. (laughs) She told you to do it, didn't she, Daddy? Of course she did. Or you, before they say anything, you'll hear them on the phone with the bio mom going, they ate my candy. Oh, yeah. You'll get a text message. How dare you eat little Johnny's candy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But I remember so much looking forward to Halloween when I was little because we would dress up. If we had costumes, it was those plastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the ones that would like, like they were razor blades when you wore them. Yeah. And the mask, like, would suffocate you. Yeah. Golly, man. And in South Carolina, you never know what it's going to be like on Halloween. It might be 30 degrees. It might be 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. And we would take, we didn't have the little buckets that had pumpkins on them. We had pillowcases. We would go down the street, fill up that pillowcase, come back home, go around the rest of the block. <laughs> then my mama would take us over to my mama and papa's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Oh, my gosh. We had so much candy. Like, it's insane. But you have to remember, these were the pre-razor blades or needles in candy, too. That's never been a thing. <sighs> Whatever, David. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they were talking about it because my mom was like, I got to check all your candy. And then I noticed she took all my Reese cups. Mm-hmm. Razor Dang. blade in the candy thing is just so the parents can take your candy away from you. No, they really did have people doing no, mean stuff. No. They did. It's a it's an urban no, legend. No, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I'm not going to make y'all wait while I Google it, but I'm going to Google it because <laughs> they showed on TV. I know. X-rays. Just, and, they show the Santa, and they show Santa Claus flying around the world, too, don't they? <laughs> Why are you hollering at me? <laughs> I'm Calm just, down. I'm just saying, just because they showed it on TV, don't make it real. Well, <laughs> they they made it seem real. <laughs> and they offered for free candy scanning at the hospital. Well, yeah, right, which is the nurse's way of getting your candy. <laughs> My mom was like, nah, we'll just check it. If you die, you die. Right. If you feel something metal, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy. I have found some metal parts in a loaf of bread before. Oh, yeah. A machine broke or something when they were making the bread? I guess. Pick Quality up, control at its finest, folks. Pick up a bag of bread and it's like, why does this thing weigh five pounds? <laughs> I remember probably my favorite Halloween thing. My mom made these popcorn balls. And they're not like the nasty popcorn balls you get at the Dollar General. Mm-hmm. They were like popcorn with this sugary syrup all intertwined between each kernel. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, they were so good. And she got mad at us because we wouldn't hand them out to the kids. 
that came to the door. We would give them that hard pause or whatever candy it was, that gum that about broke your teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we would hand that out to them, and we would take the popcorn balls and hide them. I wonder how many dental visits happen the day after Halloween or the week after Halloween. Probably a lot. Because you think all those, uh, what is it, the candy apples? Dude, if you want a tooth pulled out. I love candy apples. If you want a tooth pulled out, give kid a candy apple because it will snatch the tooth right out of their head. Oh, no. Astro Pops. Oh, yeah, that too. Astro Pops is what we would get when we had a loose tooth. Mm. So let me go back for a second. Well, hang on. I just realized how precious those days were. That you could actually make something and hand it out at Halloween and people not be freaked out. <laughs> See, I don't think people are going to be trick-or-treating this year because we've been wearing masks for seven months. Nobody wants to wear a mask right now. <laughs> if I do anything, I'm going to go trick-or-treating and not wear a mask as my costume. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway. let's talk about how things can change. So I've never, ever looked at a popcorn ball and had any thought process at all. Until I bought one for your son, <laughs> which was what, two, three years ago? Uh, it was longer than that. Five years ago. Yeah. So go to the Dollar General. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically like a corner convenience store type thing. No, it's not a convenience store. It is. It's very convenient. It's not a convenience store. It's like, because a convenience store has gas. A Dollar General is more like a corner grocery. Mm, yeah, maybe a corner grocery or a miniature Walmart. Stop and shop. <laughs> a miniature Walmart. Anyway, so going to the Dollar General, and I don't know what I was picking up, but I tend to I tend to buy things for other people when I go to Dollar General. I don't know why. I usually pick up a, a candy bar or I'll buy the dogs a pig ear. I'm always picking up something for somebody when I go in there. I just like, I like buying gifts for other people, little just – Small, hey, I was thinking about you type stuff. So go in there. They have these popcorn balls on sale for a dollar. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll get one of these for all the kids. Or was it just Jackson? I don't remember if it was he. I, don't, I think it was all of them. Yeah. So I, so I buy all of them in this little, this little ball, popcorn ball. Go home. <laughs> hand them out to everybody. And Jackson's like, what you give me this crap for? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Excuse me? What'd you give me this crap for? <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. You won't get another one. But the funny thing is, is one of his kids just walked by the trash can and threw it in there and didn't say anything. Right. And then the other ones we found when they moved out. Yeah. But they were smart enough to say, thank you, Daddy. That was awesome of you. And then throw it in the trash. <laughs> but if I would have given it to him, what'd you get us this crap for? Probably. Yes. <laughs> So anyway. But that's all I remember about it. He forever changed the way I look at a popcorn ball now. Oh. I always look at a popcorn ball now in Halloween and go, Jackson, that ungrateful little butthole. <gasps> you caught my kid a butthole. No, no, no. That was years ago. Okay. <laughs> the Jackson of yesteryear. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the I mean. The younger one. But I didn't get mad at him or anything like that. It was just like. Well, you could have just faked it and said thank you, but... Well, look what he did to me on his birthday. I know. My child is not one that his love language is gifts. mm I should have realized that before now, but I definitely realized it his last birthday. <laughs> because he's like, why did you get me this? Mm-hmm. The next present, really? You got me another flash thing? Why? <laughs> so... The funny part of it is that 
I honestly, when he asks questions like that, I don't think he's being mean. I think he really wants to know why you thought that was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Now, you've got to remember, though, in his defense, this is the child that when we go to Walmart or something, even when he was little, like three years old, he would look at something, and yeah, he's spoiled. So I'd say, do you want that? And he'll say, no, don't waste your money. So that's how he looks at things is, man, I wish you would that was really a waste of money. He didn't learn that from you. David. I look at you and go, do you want that? And you're like, I already ordered it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I take care of myself. Don't you worry. <laughs> you sure do. So needless to say, hope y'all have a good Halloween. We'll talk to you again two times before then. But I did just want to bring up and remind you that Halloween is two weeks away. Yeah. And if you've got a custody schedule, stick to it. Yes. Just stick to it. Don't. Don't. Don't ask to switch. If you do it, remember, you got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, and you got to pay back. Mm-hmm. You can't give a favor without getting a favor. Nothing is free <laughs> in blended family land. We could do a whole podcast on, on that topic. Yep. Mm. Anyway, who's okay. our guest for today? Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I got to announce a scholarship winner. What? Yeah. All right, let's do it. The winner of the Sylvia Krakauer Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship is... I got to do something. (laughs) I got to see if I can find something that sounds good. Nope, wrong one. (laughs) Try another one. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Say what? (laughs) All right, well, we have to find some other (laughs) things to put on there. All right, the winner is Amanda G., Amanda G., if you are the lovely person that sent in a video for the scholarship application, check your email. You should have an email from me on how to get started for your free month of the Nacho Kids Academy. What, what? All right. So our guest today is two people. Oh, really? So our guests today are Craig and Gina Morgan. Oh, yeah. Craig Morgan. Mm -hmm. Not the singer. I didn't know there was a singer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They are the founder of Blended Together Forever. I laugh because, well, you'll see. Just listen. Yeah. So we're not going to do an intro to this, really, because we want you to listen to the podcast. And we've talked way too long already. Yeah. I like these two people, though. They're fun. We really appreciate them being guests. Hope to meet them in person one day. Mm -hmm. It's funny. We seem to bond with certain people. Mm -hmm. And... I just bonded with them, I felt like, straight off the bat. Yep. yep. Like, I really like them. Yep, me too. So, get to listening. All right. So, we will get to it right after a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have Craig and Gina Morgan, the founders of Blended Together Forever. Hey, Craig and Gina, how are you? Great. We're, we're doing good. We're good. Good to see you guys. Yeah. So blended together forever. That sounds like a sentence. Life sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Forever. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, uh, so, but you guys have been together how long? 
almost 25 years now. Yes. That's crazy. See, blind dates work. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at people in the blended family space and we're like, oh, you've made it three years. Wow. <laughs> Y'all 25. That's crazy. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, um, so you're like the, you know, the super uber wisdom gurus of the space. Then <laughs> you have to be, you, you got to know some kind of secret. <laughs> a lot of hard knocks along the way, but hopefully there have been a few nuggets that we could share. So probably a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, how many kids did you bring into the marriage, Craig? And how many did you bring in, Gina? I brought in two, a boy and a girl. And I brought in four boys. Woo! Mm-hmm. Yep. And between us, we have uh, one. So that is seven in all. Six boys, one girl. Literally his, mine, and ours. So even with six, you were like, that's not enough pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not exactly. Uh, <laughs> We didn't plan the seventh one. Let's say it that way. Uh, he was a surprise. He was definitely a surprise. So, uh, and what he says, he is a blessing to us from God. Yeah, is that what it is? That's so, funny. My kid was a surprise, and he says, "Go ahead, tell the truth. I was an accident." I said, "You weren't an accident. You were a mistake." <laughs> oh gosh. gosh. <laughs> yeah, he and I have a good relationship, so I can get away with that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so. It's rare that we find people that have his, hers, and ours. Right. It's usually his and an hours or hers and an hours. What did you find challenging with bringing a hours child into the mix? I think because of the age gap, and he's the youngest, um, he viewed this blending process as normal. Mm-hmm. And healthy and almost it was fun. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when we go ahead. No, I was just going to say he was pretty bummed on the weekends um, that we that we did not have our biological kids and they went to their mothers and fathers. We had that kind of plan the same. Um, and he would always say, I'm stuck with y'all. How come I don't have an <laughs> to go to? Yeah. And yeah, he really missed them because he liked all of the, you know, there was just so much always going on here 24 seven. Yeah, he thought he was getting shipped. I only get one set of parents. How come they get two? And like at the time as a kid, he, I could see, well, that's an interesting perspective because yeah. that was where he came from. Right. And he's probably thinking they get two birthday parties. They get two Christmases. They get all this stuff and I'm stuck with y'all. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> We we have talked to some couples that their their hours kid will sometimes go to the other house and and spend time with them. So did you did you guys have that happen? Yes, they did. Uh, they went to uh, Craig's ex's house, and I can't remember. Did mm-hmm. he spend the night? I think he did. I think he did spend the night over yeah. there. It was when they were when he was younger, um, and his two other kids were like in junior high age. Right. Um, and then I know a couple of times my boys wanted, you know, said they wanted him to go to the farm, uh, you know, to their dads, and they said dad said it was okay, and um, um, that was the, far away, not far away, but you know, three or four hours from here. So I wasn't as comfortable with that, probably. So. Right. Didn't go there. Yeah. That's awesome. Because mm-hmm. I remember my son saying, I want to go with the brothers to their moms. I'm like, uh-uh. like I don't even want my kids to go to their moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, I think you'll just stay here with me. 
(laughs) But it is hard. I know my son, he was so young that when we got married, he refers to the stepbrothers as his brothers. Mm -hmm. Right. And he doesn't really differentiate between them and step. And But I know David's kids, with them being a little bit older, they love Jackson and they have a relationship with him, but he is their stepbrother. You know, if you ask them how many brothers they have, it's three. Right. And a stepbrother if you drag it out of them. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have your own biological kids all the time except for like every other weekend or what was the schedule? I had mine. I had mine all the time. Right. Now they they had visits with their dad the first third and fifth weekend, um, but they were here and went to school here full time, and then just had visitation where I'd have to meet him halfway, uh, you know, into East Texas to pick him up mm-hmm. on the weekends. And there was a time when my boys, little at a time, wanted to go live with him, and I let them each one by one go uh, because that relationship was severed so quickly that uh, that they had to go do that and experience that. Wow. Really tough on me because that happened soon after we got married. And I thought, oh, great. Now I'm a stay-at-home mom and they want to leave. And I took it so hard and so personal. Like, what did I do wrong? And I started seeing a Christian counselor that we knew of. And he was an older gentleman. He said, this is so normal. And he said, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with those boys as boys wanting to go see if that relationship what is still left of it. And so I, you know, openly asked God to help me through that, obviously, and let them go one by one. And one by one, they came back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I can't imagine. How old were they then? Well, uh, the oldest at that time was 12. And he went first. And then a year after that, the next one went and he was three years younger than him. Um and then after that, the next one went, and by then, the first one has come back and wanted to spend his last two, well, no, he had stayed there three years, and then by the time he was the end of his sophomore year, he wanted to come and finish high school here with me, which was, I could not believe he wanted to uproot as a high school football player and come and spend 11th and 12th grade with us because he felt like that was only fair that I spend, that he spend some time with me and Craig and graduate here with us. And so he came from a little tiny, little tiny town in East Texas um, where he was a big fish, you know, and to a huge high school and adjusted quite well and had a great sophomore and I mean, a junior and senior year and got very involved in football and choir and all kinds of things here and graduated. And it was great for me, but I, I nearly went as far as talking him out of it saying, you know, this is your high school years and you don't have to do this for me, honestly. Right. Just because I knew that was going to be tough. That's really a tough time in kids' life to uproot. And he was quite willing and wanted to do it. So, yeah. And then little by little, they all wanted to come back. And um, so that's kind of how that all worked out. <laughs> so so one question people often ask us is, how long do the, do the blended challenges um, happen. And so we often tell people they, they never go away. And it's like asking when do your, when does your family stop being a family? So, but since you've been through it for 25 years, have you seen that to be uh, true in your life? There's always blended challenges that, uh, that have to be maneuvered. There is. um, The thing that surprised me that now I've got a bigger handle on 
is what we learned was developmental grief. And what I mean by that is every victory celebrates a loss. Mm -hmm. So as an example, um, when we understood this, like Gene and I finally get through our hurt and we get married. Well, that's a happy occasion for Gina and I, but it's actually a sad or a loss for the kids because it kind of puts the death that, well, I guess mom and dad are definitely not getting back together ever. That dream that we're holding on as a kid is over. So how one interprets it as a victory, one may interpret it as a loss. Fast forward 20 years down the road, my son is graduating from high school, actually college, and his mom and I were were fine, we're cordial and all, and but we had to go back to his apartment to do a quick change of clothes to go to the commencement. And so it's he's this little one bedroom apartment, and there's like five people in there. <laughs> and so I say hello to her now new husband. And it was cordial and everything was fine. But I noticed my son was like wigging out. He was like so uncomfortable. So waiting till after the weekend's over, I said, hey, Justin, you seemed really, really uncomfortable. I mean, mom and I are fine. There's no anger. I said, what? Why were you so uncomfortable? He goes, well, think about it, dad. I hadn't seen you guys together in the same room in about 20 years. And I thought, whoa. So when my daughter had her first child, okay, we're going to all be together again. And it reminds you of a loss. It reminds you of pain. So mm-hmm. it's, and it could be a happy occasion. Hey, we got a baby. We're going to be grandparents. Yeah. But that happy occasion also is mixed in with emotions of, oh yeah. Remember what happened in the past and the pain. So it's, it's it, it comes the rest of your life, David. It's not every day, but those are reminders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we hear people say things like, well, I'll be glad when they turn 18 and they move out or, you know, they, they got their own family. And, and I'm like, do you not realize they're not gone? They're, they're going to come back with grandkids and they're going to come out with more people. <laughs> yeah. But they don't disappear at 18. No. Right. That's the wrong mindset. They, they need to get a handle on, uh, this is going to just be a little bit of a way of life. It's not every day. But there's going to be issues that we're going to have to deal with. Sure. Mm-hmm. You can go to weddings together and see them. Yep. And then, you know, in my case, I went to wedding showers uh, for two of ours and was with, you know, the mom. And then it's like he said, the waiting room for the baby. And then it's the first birthday. And it's mm-hmm. just milestones. It's, on. it's, it's always something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or the kid, you know, somebody has to go to the hospital for something and now you're there. Yeah. And one of David's kids had an accident, and it was very serious. And David and I and his ex and her boyfriend slash... The person she cheated on me with. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if they were married then or not. I think it was just her boyfriend then. But anyway, um, we all spent the night in the hospital room together with his son. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the hospital rooms ain't big. <laughs> no. But you do what you have to do for your kids. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. And actually, he was in the hospital for three days. And day two and day three, uh, Lori went home. My ex's um, whatever boyfriend, husband went home. So me and my ex are there in that room for two days. And you know, <laughs> I was I was more uncomfortable about it than Lori was. I was like, uh, but I was focused on what was going on with my son and all that. But it was still kind of weird. Uh, but but I was so thankful that Lori wasn't 
texting me going, is she sitting close to you? And is she doing, you know, it was just the wrong time for all that. And she didn't do any of that. I was so thankful that she had, you know, she didn't have that feeling that she needed to do that. I felt sorry for him. (laughs) (laughs) So something that we haven't talked about yet, Craig, is that you and your lovely wife got roped into (laughs) some, uh, some blended family, um, stuff to help people. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, Gina's great at, I think, telling our family. I've kind of been the one to tell the story of how we were called to to build a ministry. Because first of all, let me make this real clear. I did not want to do this. <laughs> no, God, I'm not interested. Go get somebody else. I don't want to do this. And um, But what happened is it was many, many years ago, uh, 1998 to be exact, where we were going to church at the time, our pastor he approached me and he said, Craig, I've been reading some statistics of blended families and and I'm finding out about 40% of the kids in America are raised in that situation. And so this Mother's Day, he said, Gina is a great role model for our church. So I think I just want you guys to tell your testimonial on how you're blending your family and trying to make it work. And I said, well, okay. So we did that. And I thought he wasn't in the suburban with us coming to church this morning either. He wouldn't be saying that. Yeah. <laughs> with <his> seven kids. <laughs> yeah, his mind. So I thought that would be the end of it. And that late Sunday afternoon, about 4:30, I felt like the Lord kind of knocking on my heart, seeing this huge need and this huge ministry. And when I did just a little bit of research through the years, I could not find evidence, David, of anybody trying to help this huge growing segment. I mean, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so finally I approached, well, let me back up. My, my wife encouraged me to talk to a specific men's minister in our area about, look, if we're supposed to do this fine. If not, fine. So I call up this men's minister and I said, I feel like we're supposed to start this ministry. Do you think you'd talk to him about it? And his assistant said, I'll set it up. I'm sure he would. And all I remember um, this guy saying was that, Craig, who do you think has been bringing this idea back to your heart all these years? I said, well, I think it's probably the Lord. He goes, you just need to be obedient. And I thought, oh, (laughs) I'm the type of guy I need to get pushed off the ledge. And so I come home and it was so clear. I said, all right, Gina, we're, we're supposed to do this. Let's do it. And she's so relational and so much gifted in that area. I thought, okay, well, we'll open up our home and we'll have some small groups. And well, I said, no, I don't think that's what, you know, the Lord wants us to do. I think, I mean, build a ministry because there was nobody in the country that we could find David, no church, no small group, no books, no conferences, no nothing. And I got kind of angry thinking, where is the church? Why is their head? Where don't they know we're not like an exception to the we are everywhere and they don't have anything? Yeah, but you watch the Brady Bunch. Everybody gets along. Why do we need help? Yeah. It's yeah. like everything's perfect, which is yeah. obviously as we know it's not. And so then it became a burden. Uh, like we have to do something. And so that's when we started blended together forever. And it was really Gina's word forever. She says, how can we pick up the pieces, whether a couple is divorced or a couple is passed away and then they remarry. And sometimes they bring kids in, 
that we've got to make this marriage last forever. So that's how we came up with the name blended or blended together. And we put a stake in the ground and we make this last forever. So that's what we call our ministry. I love it. And it's making families whole again. That's the tagline. Yes. Or motto, if you want to call it that, making the family whole again, picking up the pieces and, and make it whole. So what do you see when you're helping others and speaking at these conferences? What do you see as one of the big challenges overall that, that is happening now other than COVID? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to let my wife speak to that because that was really the very first. We did an eight-week <laughs> series that we captured on video and recorded with content and she talked about healthy expectations right up front. I'll let her address that wow. because that was the first thing. So won't you yeah. elaborate? Um, I would say two of the big things that I see. Number one is unforgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. If you're going to blend a family, it's forgiveness every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Several times a day. <laughs> Several times each five minutes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, interesting you would say that because we have a lot of people that ask us, sometimes it's privately and sometimes it's publicly, but a lot of people come to us and say, how do I forgive mm-hmm. the stepkids for this pain? Or how or do I forgive ex. the ex? Or how do I forgive my current husband because he didn't take my side in something? There's right. there's a lot of people that have the question of how do I forgive? And right. um, so it's a, it's a big issue. It is. is a very big issue. And we have a whole chapter dedicated to that in uh, realignment. And our re- our alignment was really screwed up. Yeah. And um, we were not a united front nope. because I wasn't happy with the alignment. So therefore, you know, I sided with my kids or told them, you don't talk to my kids that way right. or I'll handle this. So they saw us as not being a united front and they were really good at dividing and conquering because of knowing that we weren't a united front. We were not as one, one team, one dream. Right. Uh, that one happening under this roof. Right <laughs> <at the> roof. <laughs> it was two teams, two different dreams and or two different nightmares, I should say. Well, I guess when you had your hours kid, there was probably three teams at that point, right? There could yeah. be. Yeah. And boy, he sensed everything. You couldn't right. hide anything from him. So, um, yeah, a lot of times he was the glue that wanted to pull it all together and make it all better. Right. Um, but I see unforgiveness is a a really big problem and just, you know, so many petty little things, nitpicking, just like what you said, I'm so glad she wasn't texting me. I know so many couples that that, first of all, the spouse wouldn't have allowed him to do that, which is just heartbreaking mm-hmm. or would have been texting or would have been back up there or just not really walking in the shoes of what's in the best interest for the kids. Um, what is, what is her kids feeling? What are his kids feeling? What are the shoes they're walking in versus, you know, all about me. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, the, a lot of grace comes into and we see, you know, not a whole lot of that. Yeah. And so in addition to the forgiveness is healthy expectations just mean Gina thought that we were all going to blend and be one big happy family real quick. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That I think that's the other thing, Corey, that people come in and they finally get through the pain. They think, okay, 
I'm ready to get to the other side and they want to get there quick. Well, I understand that emotion. You'd like to get there quick, but it ain't going to happen quick. We need to understand Mm -hmm. it's going to be a process. Exactly. Yeah. Even though I thought we had realistic expectations, they were not. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of it was based on the kids' age when I came into their life. A lot of it had to do with outside influences, their mom, even David's parents. Just so much going on. And it's funny because my son kind of rotated through David's kids as to who he loved what week. And I remember one of David's kids drew a picture and he got upset because my son didn't love it or something because he wanted everybody to be a happy family. But this is the same child that also ended up being the ringleader for burn Lori at the stake and get her out of our house. Definitely some interesting dynamics there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And I was, I came into it thinking if I can love and nurture his kids, then he can love and nurture my kids. Well, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't go over well with me. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had good relationships with your exes. So you weren't really dealing with a lot of high conflict exes. Uh, Go ahead and elaborate. She really no. did. Mine, you're correct. I didn't have a lot of conflict yeah. with my ex. We yeah. just didn't talk. No. But in her case, you yeah, didn't we didn't do co-parenting kind of stuff like no. they're doing now. We didn't even know what that word was back then. But um, he, but he, with him and his ex, it was amicable. Um, mine just wanted to just be as hard to work with. A jerk. Just, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> easy to work with and didn't want to, you know, kind of give and take on any of the paperwork unless it was something he needed to do. And I always gave in like, because that was in the best interest of the kids. If the kids that were living with him at that time had a grandparent come in that weekend or something going on at church and they wanted to stay and miss my visitation, absolutely they Mm -hmm. could um, because that was in their best interest. I wasn't going to be legalistic, but if it was something on this end, it was, we go by the papers. Right. So, but Craig and I just, that is what we tried to keep in front of us. We weren't perfect. We didn't do it right all the time. We didn't have calm voices all the time, but our goal and our prayer was to please help us do what's in the kid's best interest always. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's very important. Putting our pride in our back pocket. (laughs) Sometimes it jumped out, but most of the time we did a pretty good job keeping it back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes to the healthy expectations, what um, what is it that you see that people are doing that's not healthy expectations? I know for, for me, my expectation was kind of that, as Craig put it, I kind of wanted everything to, to match the biological nuclear family right off the bat. So I was like forcing everybody to, let's, we're going to do dinner together and we're going you know, we're going to play games together and we're doing bedtime prayers together and just the whole thing. I, I basically looked at it as if I was just popping, you know, uh, my kid's mom out of the puzzle and popping Lori in. And here we go. I got a new mom and a new wife. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this thing right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think in, in our case, Gina had some really good wisdom for me once. She goes, Craig, if you don't try so hard, let the, let it just happen. Because I was trying to, uh, you know, she used to laugh. She goes, you know, when we finally had family night where we would play a board game and Gina would cook a meal and then I'd try to try so hard. I'd say, hey, guys, aren't we having fun? 
And then as soon as I said that, it's like, well, we're not now. <laughs> well, we, were. <laughs> we were having fun, but oh gosh, not now. So, and it was just because I was trying so hard. And I think part of the guilt, you know, your kids have gone through something that you didn't want. There's shame that can be involved in that at times. There's definitely resentment mm -hmm. and things aren't the way you thought they would be. And so you, in my case, trying too hard rather than sit back and just having a different expectation. Hey, this is going to be different. It's going to, it's going to be okay. It's not going to look like we had all thought we've all been through some pain, but you know, God's good. He's going to restore some stuff, but it'll be uh It'll just be a, it'll be a different map to get from here to the promised land. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that you had nuclear family expectations for your blend? You know, like I'm going to be dad to everybody. She's going to be mom to everybody. No, she had those expectations. <laughs> yeah, she, I did. Yeah, she definitely did. I didn't. I was segmenting mm -hmm. deliberately. And here's why. Um, it's not right, but it'll explain why, because I thought that I was being disloyal to my own kids. I kept them in first place and I made, you know, through some pain, Lori had probably a bad vow, you know, when, when their mom decided, okay, I'm out of here and you're out of here. I'm like, goodness. So knowing the kids were going to go through all this stuff. I one time said, look, the problems that mom has are between me and you. She loves you. I love you. It's not anything. It has nothing to do with your fault. And I will be here for you forever. And you're always going to be first place in my heart. So through that pain, I vowed they would be first. Well, because of that, and even though that vow was made in love, trying to give them security trying to tell them, you know, I'm going to be here. You're always going to be first. Don't worry. This has nothing to do with you. Well, then here comes Gina. <laughs> and all of a sudden, well, she can't, there's only one person that can be first. So you got to, you can't get any closer than second. So she was really second. And I had a wake up call after being married for years thinking, golly, how would she feel if she knows she's sitting in the back seat of the car all the time and the kids are always riding in the first seat? So I had to really realign and make my marriage more important than my own kids. So that was my mistake. And it was a big one. And then once I, the second point of that, once I really tried to understand and travel the tracks of her boys. She told me once something very strong. She said, well, Craig, you've always had your dad and y'all are close, but how would you feel if all of a sudden your dad was just clicked out of their life and you had no contact with him and you were like 12? I thought, whoa. So it made me have a lot more empathy and try to understand what they'd gone through, where in the first place, I was just dealing with my own pain, my own junk but then my eyes were open to what maybe they had experienced. And so that was kind of what happened for me. That's very normal that we see the step parent can't relate to the kids and what the kids have gone through. And I wonder if that's because we always hear kids are resilient. Kids are resilient. That's what you always hear. They can adapt. Mm -hmm. But when we're in the middle of it and we're focusing on the changes that we're dealing with that we're not happy with, 
You know, for example, in our situation, I didn't think twice about what David's kids were going through because I felt like I was being attacked. I was, you know, it was all about me or as David says, playing victim, um, <laughs> which I do not like being called playing victim. <laughs> but because the way I look at it is, okay, it was all true. So how am I not the victim? But <laughs> I couldn't see outside of my pain to see what the kids were going through. Exactly how I felt, Lori. I get it because that's where I was. You're dealing with your own pain and you don't have the capacity to incorporate anybody else's pain because you've got enough of it you're dealing with your own. Right. Exactly. Yep. You um and, and not only that, but you you have the pain of what's going on. And then you can also have a lot of other outside influences happening if you're still having court battles with the mm-hmm. uh ex or soon to be ex and all those things just suck up all of your mental and emotional capacity. And then you got these kids in there going, we need some of that mm-hmm. uh, from you. We need that, that mental and emotional capacity from you. And it's like, you don't have any more. Yeah. Uh, but I do like what you said about having your spouse be more important than the kids, mm-hmm. not saying that the kids aren't important. Cause I think people hear that when they say, mm-hmm. um, you know, your, your relationship with your spouse should be more important Oftentimes, I think people hear that means my kids have to not be important. And that's not what we're saying. No. Right. Someone has asked me that. Who's more important, your son or David? And I'm like, my son. And they're like, no, no, you need to change that. It needs to be your marriage. And I'm like, it's not like my son can live on his own. I'm responsible for him. I have to take care of him. He can't go get a job and get a house and get food for himself. But I think what happens is people get so wrapped up in who's first, who's first in your life. You know what? They're both first, but on different levels. David is first as far as I'm here to support him and things like that. My son is first as I'm here to care for him. But if it boiled down to it, and David said, you have to choose either your son goes or I go, bye-bye, David, <laughs> there would be no doubt. Is it that easy? Yeah. <laughs> Asta la pasta, baby. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's a tough conversation to have because there's so many views on it. And it's one of those things where you don't know until you're there. You know, even though she says that right now, if if something came up and it was a decision she had to make, who knows? Because there are people all the time that are like, if he ever did X, Y, Z, I'd be gone. Or if she ever done that, I'd be gone. I did that. I said that. Yeah, me too. I said it with my ex. I, the first time I caught her having an affair, I stayed. Three more years, three years later, I caught her again. But how many times did I say before that, oh, if it ever happened to me, I'd be gone. Well, when it did happen, guess what? I didn't go anywhere. Yeah, but and, this is my baby we're talking about. <laughs> You know, that's your baby. I can find another husband. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not like this, girl. (laughs) But no, it is important. Your marriage is important because I remember a friend of mine, she did not date after um, she had her daughter. And she told me on her deathbed, basically, don't do what I did. Mm -hmm. Don't spend your whole life wrapped around your kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you, you know, your kids look into you to understand how to pattern themselves and how relationships work. Right. And, and if you're not giving them that, 
then they grow up not understanding it and they have to figure it out on their own or, or look at other people for it. And, and the person they want to learn it from the most isn't able to give them that. Right. right. Mm-hmm. We did a course in the Nacho Kids Academy for mainly stepmoms that feel like they're second. And we're like, you're not second. Just because you married him after he had been married before, that doesn't mean you're second. Just because he's had a child before he had the one with you doesn't mean he's not going to love that child. It's like with my son. I wanted all his first to be with me. Well, of course, I think his dad took him somewhere before I did. And it's not that the second time he went, it was still my first time taking him. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And you can't look at everything as, oh, well, you've already done this before. I mean, you're focusing your present life on somebody's past. Yeah, but Laura, you do that. I'll say, I'll say, hey, you want to watch this movie? And you're like, well, have you already seen it? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to see it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but I hadn't seen it with you. <laughs> but that's different. I'm not that's a movie different. buff. <laughs> yeah, David and I went on our honeymoon. And while we were there, he's like, yeah, the last time we had a family vacation, with me and the ex, it was here in the same city or whatever with the kids. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, gosh. But I didn't focus on that. It's not the same. You have to look at things differently. And, you know, I think that's probably one of the things I say the most in a blended family is you have to look at things differently. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you were talking about, Craig, when you were hurting, you should have been able to look at things differently and looked at how the kids were hurting. Or if your wife is upset because of something, you have to somehow look at things differently, change your perspective, find the good. Right. So we have the two challenges that uh, that Gina's brought up. I talked about kind of some of the unrealistic expectations that people have. What are you also seeing when you're either doing your research or doing your coaching to help people? What are you seeing as some of the some of the wins that people are having that they're they're finding? things that are really working for them? You know, um, there's a couple that come to mind. Um, One that Gina has done a really good job of is around special days and holidays, whether that's Mother's Day or Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever. Years ago, when we started our blend, um, she just was, you know, treating everything as normal because that was, you know, kind of an automatic put up the tree all right, we go to this certain restaurant, the kids go ice skating at this certain spot. Well, we didn't do any of that on my side. So when the tree comes up, you know, and she gets out ornaments that her kids made, I'm like, well, I don't have any ornaments because my ex has kept all those. And it was just, it was a painful, painful time. So when Gina had this aha moment, she says, gosh, if I could go back, I think she had a great idea. She said, I'd have three trees, one for you, one for me, and one for us. And it made the point of you could you can still honor the past, but you've got to create new memories for your new blended mm-hmm. family, new yeah. traditions. Yeah. Um, it's okay to still honor whatever you've done in the past. In fact, you should, but that's not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What works for the blend is you've got to do something new. And it doesn't have to involve money. It doesn't have to involve it. It just has to be different. It's it's something that's about us. Yeah. And it's unique. Um, that's that's one thing. And I think the Lord gave me a I'm not trying to sound like super spiritual right here, but I, I remember I go to this certain place every year 
And for whatever reason, I felt like writing the names of our last names and they kind of intersected in the form of a cross. And so that was just something that was unique to us. So there's so many different things, but that's that's the one thing. Find something that's unique. Mm-hmm. Find something that uh, you haven't done before. So that's that's one thing. And then second is I would still date the step, meaning separately. Um, it doesn't have to be go out to dinner, but I think you just take that kind of relationship. So if I went to my stepson today, I could say, you know, I just want to get to know you better. And and then all of a sudden you're slowly building in some common ground. You're connecting. And then trust will come when there's safety. Um, in fact, I was with my step-granddaughter for a little date, and she asked me my opinion going back. She goes, well, coach, that's why my grandpa, how would you do this? I thought, wow. Well, if there's not common ground, if there's not trust, but it takes time. So I think just put in the deposits, find common ground, let it take root, and do it deliberately with your step kids. And some will come on quicker. Some will come on a lot slower. Don't judge that. Just go with the flow. Right. Yep. I want to add to that, too. Um, we had family meetings every week on Monday nights. We had a big family dinner. We had like themed dinner night and different, you know, different types of food. And then we would always have a family meeting and leadership lesson, Bible study. Um, so many of the times, because we had seven kids, all of them at that time played sports. And we had calendars out and trying to get things on the calendars and be on the same page. But looking back, I, um, a lot, letting the kids have a lot of suggestions. Yeah. A lot of, you know, letting them have a voice in, you know, suggestions about how we handle things, how we handle conflict, how we, you know, if somebody does something, what do you guys think? What what do you think it should be? I mean, just letting them have a voice in some suggestions over, you know, different things, um, different, you know, date nights and, Whatever. Just whatever. Just letting them have paper and you give us some suggestions. What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What would you like to see happen when we're all together? Or what bothers you that we can all, you know, work on not doing? Um, Just letting them have more of a voice and having them put their heart down on paper and writing some things, I think would would have been, it just seemed like we were so busy with schedules and planning when there's seven of us, you know, seven kids and us trying to get everybody where they needed to be and to their practices and all that kind of stuff. I just, I really think that if we'd have let them just have a little bit more of a voice and letting them be creative in this blending and some of the things that we did going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to back up a second to the Christmas trees. Okay. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have people tell us all the time, well, we don't feel like a blended family. It feels like two families. Yeah. And it is two families. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. You're trying to force, most of the time, the parents or the step-parents, whatever, are trying to force this one big happy family out of two separate families. And once we gave up on our nuclear family dreams or realized, hey, it's okay that there's really three families in this house, me and my son, David and his kids, and me and David, mm-hmm. then that's okay. 
But over time, those three families started being like circles that had commonalities between them. Yeah, that intersected at places. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes time. It was not instantaneous. Right. A lot of it was letting the kids lead Yep. based off their comfort. If we try to push them, it's not going to happen. That's exactly right. True. And we see it all the time where one of the parents say the bio parent will say, I need you to love my kid and I need you to spend time with them. And the step parent doesn't want to. And sometimes the step kid doesn't want to. Right. So, (laughs) I mean, if it's not comfortable and the bio dad, for instance, is the only one that's pushing for this and the only one wanting this, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yep. Right. And the same with the kids pushing them towards each other. Um, I found that when we just step back and let it happen, Mm -hmm. that's when it happened. Um, and it took, you know, it took seven, nearly seven years for us to just feel like we had something cohesive going on here. Yeah. So So you fit into this statistic of it takes about seven or eight years to quote, quote, blend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I think it does. I think it would have been faster had we gotten out of the way in some, uh, or a lot of instances. Well, (laughs) and I'll, and I'll add one thing to that. I think a, you're right, getting out of the way, but also B, I think you can be quicker today because there's people like you guys that are mm-hmm. given voice. When we started, we were literally totally mad. blind. And I mean, it was, <laughs> it was like, you didn't know. Blind anything. leading the blind. Well, yeah. now <laughs> there's a few people trying to make an impact in the community like you guys are yeah. that can help them blend better mm-hmm. and definitely quicker. I didn't say easier, but I did say quicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that we tell people often that the steps we're giving you are simple, but they're not easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people think, oh, well, nachoing's easy. You just ignore the kids. Nachoing is not just disengaging. There's a lot more to it. It is changing your perspective, learning to pause, learning to keep your mouth shut sometimes. But it's also something that is more difficult to do because you have to change how you let things affect you. Mm-hmm. Right. I could have easily looked at David and said, he won't parent his kids because he has guilty parent syndrome. What kind of man is he? And the next thing you know, I'm seeing him as the little wimpy guy over here that won't even stand up to his kids. When we were dating, I thought he was an awesome dad. So all of a sudden we get married and it's like, oh, well, He doesn't make them do this. He doesn't fuss at them for this. And next thing you know, it's, well, I don't find him attractive. Well, it's not like I found him attractive based on how he was parenting in the first place. Mm -hmm. So again, it's changing your focus and focusing on your marriage more than how you think that the other parents should be parenting their kids. Right. Very true. Mm -hmm. We do know a lady that is really struggling with her kids and stepkids not getting along. Like she's to the point that she wants to leave her husband because none of the kids seem happy. They're not excited to see each other. They don't do things together. And I mean, these kids are older. They're in high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that she's putting more weight on them not getting along than they are. Right. It bothers her more than it bothers them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in, Nuclear families, siblings are going to have issues and not get along, and they're going to fight. It's funny how we'll look at it. We'll look at some of the step family issues, and and uh, 
And I'm like, dude, it's not a step family issue. That's just a family issue. <laughs> They're probably not hanging out together in high school age in a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's certain periods of time. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I know me and, me and my sister, she's about four, three and a half or four years younger than me. And we fought. Oh, my gosh. We fought. Y'all still fight. And I'm not talking about fuss fighting. I'm talking about we went to blows. Oh, gosh. It, yeah. She, that's why she's so mean nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, she would she would have these little, you know, she grew fingernails out. And she would claw me. I'm, I was literally bleeding like crazy. And she would take off running. And I'd chase her down and, you know, find whatever I could grab and start trying to hit her with it and throw yeah. stuff at her. You know, and then, of course, you know, my mom, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> she grabbed the closest belt, start swinging at everybody. <laughs> that was she the good would, old days when you could beat your kids. Yeah, she would tear us both up. She's like, I don't even care. I know I'll get the right one if I just tear you both up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should share that with the lady whose kids aren't getting along. Yeah. Well, Gina, I want to ask you one more thing before we wrap up. When the sibling fights and stuff started happening with Craig's kid and your hours baby. Craig's kid and the hours. Okay. Okay. Do you feel you reacted the same as if it was your kids fighting with your hours baby? Um I'm trying to think. There there wasn't a whole lot of fighting that I recall at all. Honey, y'all were blessed. There was one time when something happened in the media room where I think uh Craig's son through a remote control and it popped up and hit the hour son in the face. And he's, <laughs> he started to cry. And I think Craig's son jumped over there on top of him, put his hand over his <laughs> mouth. And said, Shh, don't, 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 don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do. Don't cry. Don't cry. And they didn't tell us this for years. And them talking about it and what actually happened was hysterical. Of course, a lot of stuff they tell now that they're um, adults that we didn't know happened. Uh, some of that for the best, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we learned bits and pieces here and there when they all get together. Um, but it, I don't think it was as much the fighting as the, that he didn't feel as part. Mm-hmm. He feels more left out from them because they're a biological full brother and sister and the same on my side, those boys are full biological brothers. And he doesn't feel like, you know, as an adult. He belongs in either. Right. You need to have another one. No, David. Yes, he no, did. No. But that was where I was going. <laughs> so then, like, this wasn't that long ago. And it, <laughs> he was like, "Wouldn't why couldn't y'all just have another one? So I could have had a biological, a full biological brother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, the kids were all chiming in going, yeah, we think you should do it. What's one more? I said, a lot. <laughs> one more is a whole lot. Yeah. yeah, but then you would have had even numbers and you would have had two kids to be able to ride rides together because that odd number just throws everything off. Yeah, but you're already in, you already have the number where they, they automatically charge you a tip when you go out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> we're already a, the right. group that gets, yeah, the automatic gratuity charge. <laughs> and you obviously were driving a bus. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much exactly. I, for years. That's all I got were large suburban house on wheels. Mm-hmm. Now she's got a vet. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I have a little convertible. It's not a vet. The kids couldn't believe it. And I said, Oh yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. So uh and it was funny in airports, people would think that we uh had a youth group with us. <laughs> <laughs> 
lot. We took the kids with us and uh, it was just really funny because we'd all be sitting around in the airport and people would ask, so are y'all with a youth group with the church or (laughs) 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 go to church, but this is not their youth. Yeah, and we thought we got funny looks with five. Did you make it? Did you make them all wear like the same color shirt so you could pick them out of a crowd? No, we did. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> oh wow! Bright orange shirts that said "The party just started." Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> we would dress them all the same. That way, if anybody got lost, we could just point to the police and go, "He looks just like this." <laughs> Great! That is hilarious. <laughs> well, and plus, everywhere we went, I was always counting to five. Yeah, You know, I'd look around, one, two, three, four, five. And then when his oldest wasn't with us, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're missing one. We're missing one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. We did a lot of counting, too, and buddy systems and all that that we had. Oh, yeah. 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 I think we should start a a course on, like, the tactical and logistics to handling a step family. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We had this crazy idea one year that we surprised ours and took them to New York City for New Year's Eve, all seven. What? The two little ones were small enough that we put them on our shoulders and we took them down in the middle of all of that massive chaos when the ball dropped and we were all down there and had a blast. But our family thought we had lost our mind. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, looking back, I'm like, I can't believe we did that. But yeah, we had kids that would, you know, were older, so we had buddy systems. We were all holding hands and locked arms, and the whole yeah, just about everywhere we went, we counted, you know, counted down. So we get that. Yeah, yeah. And I was worried when we went on a cruise that um, one of David's kids was going to bribe or trick my son into jumping off the side of the ship. <laughs> oh gosh. <yeah. laughs> Oh, I'm, wow. I'm not kidding. That was a real fear. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, Craig and Gina, thanks for being on the on the podcast. I do want to give you, Craig, an opportunity to tell people how they can find you and your resources online. And I know you got a book on Amazon too. So uh, go ahead and, and tell us about that. All right. That sounds great. Um, our website is blendedtogether.org. The name of the book is Building Blocks to Making the Family Whole Again. Like David said, you can find us on Amazon or you can find it obviously on our website. We're on all the social media channels, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Instagram, and uh, there's something I'm forgetting, but I don't know what it was. The book, we're grateful. We uh, got the People's Choice Award last year from the Christian Literary Association. It's really a workbook, David, where so like in there, there is an answer key and the participant guide has all the fill in the blanks. So literally a couple, a husband, wife could, could grow together in their blended family. One could be the leader facilitator. The other could be a participant. There's 16 chapters so you can pick out your eight favorite or you could make it a literally a process and just slowly grow and go through it. Heck, it could even be used as a small group where one person would lead or facilitate and get a small group of eight people. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could use it. So that's that's and again, that's on the website. All right. Very good. That's awesome. Yeah. And hopefully at some point in the near future, we'll get to meet you in person. That'd be great. We'd love to. We'd love to. Yeah. So we come to Saluda. Uh, You guys come to Dallas. We will keep that right here in in mind. That'd be great. 
There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Lori's always looking for a reason to travel. I am. <laughs> I get a travel bug. Good. Well, you come this way again, yeah. David. Come Dallas. Bring Lori with you next time. Yeah. If I'd have known last week, I could have had you meet me at the airport. And said, hey. I had about 45 <laughs> minutes between flights. We could have had coffee. <laughs> that would work. Ne- next time. But thanks again for doing this, guys. We really yeah. enjoyed it with y'all. So good to meet you both. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks again. You too. Y'all have a good evening. Bye too. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, as we mentioned in our intro, we really enjoyed having Craig and Gina as guests on our podcast. Mm-hmm. We look forward to doing things with them in the future. Yep, we will. And we love that they've been married twenty four years. That was crazy. That's what you said during the interview. <laughs> You're like, that was crazy. I know. I mean, you know, I think that you and I are old people when it comes to step families. <laughs> You know, we just we just went 11 years the other day. What? Yeah, fist bump, fist bump. So um, I appreciate somebody posted on. Well, I don't think they posted on Facebook. They sent you a message. Yeah, we had somebody that sent us a message and I'm going to read it to you. It says, hey, here's a cool thought. If you haven't already, because you are able to celebrate your anniversary, others are able to celebrate theirs. You two are the reason that marriages are being saved. That is pretty freaking cool. So basically, because of how you have put up with David's shenanigans, <laughs> you have been able to relate and allow others to reach their next anniversary. It makes me want to cry. Don't cry. But it's so sweet. It is. And I'd never thought of it that way. So now you appreciate my shenanigans. <laughs> Nobody appreciates your <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> but it was really, it touched me when I read that because if we wouldn't have made it, we wouldn't be here. Right. Not your kids wouldn't exist. And it's kind of overwhelming a bit to think about the fact that the longer we make it, the longer we are, we're able to help others make it. Well, and I actually spoke with this person today about something else and I wanted to bring up to her and tell her, thank you for this, even though I had already replied to her. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, but here's the thing. You too can help other people because you're going to stay married. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you get divorced. You're going to stay married and you're going to help other people. Yeah. Just like we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just think if everybody that we help turned around and helped somebody else. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they do. Oh, yeah. They absolutely do. If you refer somebody to the Nacho Kids Academy, you're helping. You are helping them. If you tell them about the Nacho Kids podcast, you're helping them. You're helping. If you tell them about the Facebook group, you might be helping them. <laughs> I would argue with that one, but anyway. Notice I said Mike. <laughs> I just want to add that the reason we say the Facebook group may help people is because there is a lot of inaccurate information posted by members that have not been through the academy. Mm-hmm. So if you join the Facebook group, we are more than welcome to have you, but please make sure that the information you are taking in is provided to you by a moderator or someone that almost stands out as saying the opposite of what everybody else is saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We had a post the other day where the stepkid was a little disrespectful. Not bad, just a little. And 400 comments. Oh my goodness. Out of those, half of them maybe were considered nacho advice. Half? That's pretty high. I know. (laughs) I was thinking it'd be more like five out of 400. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I probably need to go back and check. But so when we tell you that, we love our Facebook group, we love our members, but 
just remember that you are getting responses from people that may not understand the Nacho Kids method. Yeah. And, and they're hurting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing, too, is people will often tell you you should do something that they're not going to do. Oh, yeah. Or they'll say, well, I would do this. Well, you might would do that if it was your bio kid. But for your step kid, it's a whole different ball game, people. Mm-hmm. You're trying to play baseball on the football field. <laughs> I always love the ones that say, uh-uh, I'll do that to my own step kid. And then I'm thinking to myself, which is why you're here looking for help, because it ain't working for you. And this is why you post and say that you're miserable every day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about leaving him. Um, well, you're going to have the same problems in the next place you go, because the problem's in the mirror. <gasps> Ooh, David. Did I say that? That's not the only place the problem is. That's not the only place, but that's a good start. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I got to rein him in. Even Michael Jackson said the man in the mirror. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You know, there's probably people listening that are so young that don't know who Michael Jackson is. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. If you don't know who Michael Jackson is, then send then, me a message so I can show Dave there was somebody that didn't know who he was. There ain't nobody don't know who Michael Jackson yeah, is. There is. No. No. Somebody help me out. Prove me right, people. Prove me right. No. Send me an email at Lori at NachoKids.com and just put in the subject, I didn't know who Michael Jackson was. That's I'm, all you got to put. I'm just going to say you're a liar. <laughs> David. How can you not know who Michael Jackson is? Because. If you send me that, I'm going to send you an email back and say, just beat it. (laughs) (laughs) But listen to the Nacho Kids podcast because it's a thriller. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. Okay. All right, we're going to moonwalk right on up out of here. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to, we're backing up. (laughs) So put on your raspberry beret. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you just jumped over to Prince. (laughs) Oh, that's Prince. Oh, my goodness. No, excuse me. The artist formerly known as Prince. Well, he's passed away. And didn't, didn't he change it to just the artist? I don't know. Yeah. So I missed that whole thing up. Well, Michael Jackson's passed away, too. Yeah. So, like, he died on your mama's birthday a long time ago. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. Hang on. I'm looking at Michael Jackson songs. A, B, C. Easy as. P, Y, T. Man in the mirror. And be careful. In the Nacho Kids Facebook group, because you can sometimes receive bad <laughs> advice. <laughs> but don't stop till you get enough. Oh, my gosh. Because we want to be starting something. <sighs> and we will rock with you. <laughs> and heal the world. Okay, here's your trivia question. Which one-hit wonder did Michael Jackson do a duet with? Okay, David. I give up. So it was... Rockwell Gordy. Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but they did a song together. What was the song? Um, Somebody's Watching Me. I remember that song. Sing it. No, I can't sing. It, it was Michael Jackson. Well, the, the guy was like, wasn't really singing the whole time. It was like he was talking. Yeah, in the background. Yeah. Then in the, in the chorus part, Michael Jackson is going, I always feel like. <laughs> 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 What's funny was I was working on a website around that time, and it was where you had to build the website with HTML codes. Oh, my goodness. And it was for a security business. Mm -hmm. So for their video cameras, when you hovered over the video part, Mm -hmm. that's what's played. Oh, really? So you know the song? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I remember when I heard that song, I was like, how did this guy named Rockwell Gordy (laughs) get Michael Jackson to do background vocals for the chorus or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Blew my mind. 
Okay, so David, thank you for sharing that little bit of music trivia with us. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. Uh, we appreciate that. I am an 80s rock legend. Yep. Because I can play Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, wrap us up. All right, folks, that has been our show for today. And congratulations again to our winner, Amanda G. Woo! G as in you go, girl. <laughs> She is in Gordy. <laughs> All right, folks, we will catch you next week. And remember, between now and then, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.